Judges chapters 19 through 21. In those days, when there was no king in Israel, a certain Levite was a sojourning in the remote part of the hill country of Ephraim, who took to himself a concubine from Bethlehem and Judah. And his concubine was unfaithful to him, and she went away from him to her father's house at Bethlehem and Judah, and was there some four months. Then her husband arose and went after her to speak kindly to her and to bring her back. He had with him his servant and a couple of donkeys, and she brought him into her father's house. And when the girl's father saw him, he came with joy to meet him. And his father-in-law, the girl's father, made him stay, and he remained with him three days. So they ate and drank and spent the night there. And on the fourth day they arose early in the morning and prepared to go. But the girl's father said to his son-in-law, Strengthen your heart with a morsel of bread, and after that you may go. So the two of them sat and ate and drank together, and the girl's father said to the man, Be pleased to spend the night, and let your heart be merry. And when the man rose up to go, his father-in-law pressed him, till he spent the night there again. And on the fifth day he arose early in the morning to depart, and the girl's father said, Strengthen your heart and wait until the day declines. So they ate, both of them, and when the man and his concubine and his servant rose up to depart, his father-in-law and the girl's father said to him, Behold, now the day has waned toward evening. Please, spend the night. Behold, the day draws to its close. Lodge here and let your heart be merry, and tomorrow you shall arise early in the morning and for your journey and go home. But the man would not spend the night. He rose up and departed and arrived opposite Jebus, that is, Jerusalem. He had with him a couple of saddled donkeys, and his concubine was with him. When they were near Jebus, the day was near over, and the servant said to his master, Come now, let us turn aside to this city of the Jebusites, and spend the night in it. And his master said to him, We will not turn aside into the city of foreigners, who do not belong to the people of Israel, but we will pass on to Gibeah. And he said to his young man, Come, and let us draw near to one of these places, and spend the night at Gibeah or at Ramah. So they passed on and went their way. And the sun went down on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. And they turned aside there to go in and spend the night at Gibeah. And he went in and sat down in the open square of the city, for no one took them into his house to spend the night. And behold, an old man was coming from his work in the field at evening. The man was from the hill country of Ephraim, and was sojourning in Gibeah. The men of the place were Benjaminites. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the traveler in the open square of the city. And the old man said, Where are you going, and where do you come from? And he said to him, We are passing from Bethlehem and Judah to the remote parts of the hill country of Ephraim, from which I come. I went to Bethlehem and Judah, and I am going to the house of the Lord, but no one has taken me into his house. We have straw and feed for our donkeys, with bread and wine for me and your female servant, and the young man with your servants. There is no lack of anything. And the old man said, Peace be to you. I will care for ye all your wants. Only do not spend the night in the square. So he brought him into his house and gave the donkeys feed, and they washed their feet and ate and drank. As they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, worthless fellows, surrounded the house, beating on the door, and they said to the old man, the master of the house, Bring out the man who came into your house that we may know him. 
And the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said, No, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Since this man has come into my house, do not do this vile thing. Behold, here are my virgin daughter and his concubine. Let me bring them out now. Violate them and do with them what seems good to you. But against this man, do not do this outrageous thing. But the men would not listen to him. So the man seized his concubine and made her go out to them. And they knew her and abused her all night until the morning. And as the dawn began to break, they let her go. And as the morning appeared, the woman came and fell down at the door of the man's house where her master was until it was light. And her master rose up in the morning, and when he opened the doors of the house and went out to go on his way, behold, there was his concubine laying at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, Get up, let us be going. But there was no answer. Then he put her on the donkey, and the man rose up and went away to his home. And when he entered his house, he took a knife, and taking hold of his concubine, he divided her, limb by limb, into twelve pieces, and sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. And all the who saw it said, Such a thing has never happened, or been seen, from the day that the people of Israel came up from the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it, take counsel, and speak. Then all the people of Israel came out, from Dan to Beersheba, including the land of Gilead, and the congregation assembled as one man to the Lord at Mitzpah. And the chiefs of all the people, of all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, four thousand, four hundred thousand men on foot that drew the sword. Now the people of Benjamin heard that the people of Israel had gone to Mitzpah, and the people of Israel said, Let us, tell us. How did this evil happen? And the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, answered and said, I came to Gibeah, that belongs to Benjamin, I and my concubine, to spend the night. And the leaders of Gibeah rose against me and surrounded the house against me by night. They meant to kill me, and they violated my concubine, and she is dead. So I took hold of my concubine and cut her into pieces and sent her throughout all the country of the inheritance of Israel, for they have committed an abomination out of it an outrage in Israel. Behold, you people of Israel, all of you, give your advice and counsel here. And all the people arose as one man, saying, None of us will go to his tent, and none of us will return to his house. But now this is what we will do in Gibeah. We will go up against it by lot, and we will take ten men of a hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel, and a hundred of a thousand, and a thousand of ten thousand, to bring provisions for the people that when they come they may repay Gibeah of Benjamin for all the outrage that they have committed in Israel. So all the men of Israel gathered against the city, united as one man. And the tribes of Israel sent men among all the tribes of Benjamin, saying, What evil is this that has taken place among you? Now therefore give up the men, the worthless fellows of Gibeah, that we may put them to death and purge evil from Israel. But the Benjamites would not listen to the voice of their brothers, the people of Israel. Then the people of Benjamin came together out of the cities of Gibeah to go out to battle against the people of Israel. And the people of Benjamin mustered out of their cities on that day 26,000 men who drew the swords besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who mustered 700 chosen men. Among all these were 700 chosen men who were left-handed, everyone who could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. And the men of Israel, apart from Benjamin, mustered four hundred thousand men who drew the sword. All of these were men of war. The people of Israel arose and went up to Bethel and inquired of God, Who shall go up first? 
before us to fight against the people of Benjamin. And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Then the people of Israel rose in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to fight against Benjamin. And the men of Israel drew up the battle line against them at Gibeah. The people of Benjamin came out of Gibeah and destroyed on that day 22,000 men of Israel. But the people men of Israel took courage and again formed the battle line in the same place where they had formed it on the first day. And the people of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until the evening, and they inquired of the Lord, Shall we again draw near to fight against our brothers, the people of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Go up against them. So the people of Israel came near against the people of Benjamin in the second day. And Benjamin went against them to out of Gibeah in the second day, and destroyed 18,000 men of the people of Israel. All these were men who drew the sword. Then all the people of Israel, the whole army, went up and came to Bethel to, and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And the people of Israel inquired to the Lord, for the Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, ministered before it in those days, saying, Shall we go out once more to battle against our brothers, the people of Benjamin, or shall we cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will give them into your hand. So Israel set men in ambush around Gibeah, and the people of Israel went up against the people of Benjamin on the third day and set themselves in array against Gibeah, as at other times. And the people of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. And as at other times, they began to strike and kill some of the people in the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel, and the other to Gibeah, and in the open country, about thirty men of Israel. And the people of Benjamin said, They are rooted before us as at the first. But the people of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up out of their place and set themselves in array at Baal Tamar. And the men of Israel who were in ambush rushed out of their place at Mariah Geba. And there came against Gibeah ten thousand chosen men out of all of Israel, and the battle was hard. But the Benjamites did not know that disaster was close upon them. And the Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel, and the people of Israel destroyed 25,100 men of Benjamin that day. All these were men who drew the sword. So the people of Benjamin saw that they were defeated. The men of Israel gave ground to Benjamin because they trusted the men in ambush whom they had set against Gibeah. Then the men in ambush hurried and rushed against Gibeah. The men in ambush moved out and struck all the city with the edge of the sword. Now the appointed signal between the men of Israel and the men in the main ambush was that when they made a great cloud of smoke rise up out of the city, the men of Israel should turn in battle. Now Benjamin had begun to strike and kill about thirty men of Israel. They said, Surely they are defeated before us as in the first battle. But when the signal began to rise out of the city in a column of smoke, the Benjaminites looked behind them, and behold, the whole of the city went up in smoke to heaven. Then the men of Israel turned, and the men of Benjamin were dismayed, for they saw that the disaster was close upon them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel in the direction of the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, and those who came out of the cities were destroying them in their midst. Surrounding the Benjaminites, they pursued them and trod them down from Noah as far as op opposite Gibeah on the east. Eighteen thousand men of Benjamin fell, all of them men of valor, and they turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Ramon, 
5,000 men of them were cut down in the highways, and they were pursued hard to Gideon. And 2,000 men of them were struck down. So all who fell that day of Benjamin were 25,000 men who drew the sword, all of them men of valor. But 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness of the Rock of Ramon, and remained at the Rock of Ramon four months. And the men of Israel turned back against the people of Benjamin and struck them with the edge of the sword, the city, men, and beasts, and all that they found, and the towns that they had found they set on fire. Now the men of Israel had sworn at Mitzpah, No one shall give us his daughter in marriage to a Benjamin. And the people came to Bethel and sat there till evening before God, and they lifted up their voice and wept bitterly. And they said, O Lord, the God of Israel, why has this happened in Israel, that today there should be one tribe lacking in Israel? And the next day the people rose early and built there an altar and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the people of Israel said, Which of all the tribes of Israel did not come up in the assembly to the Lord? For they had taken a great oath concerning him. Who did not come up to the Lord to Mitzpah, saying, He shall surely be put to death? And the people of Israel had compassion for Benjamin their brother, and said, One tribe is cut off from Israel this day. What shall we do for wives for those who are left, since we have sworn by the Lord that we will not give them any of our daughters for wives? And they said, What one is there of the tribe of Israel that did not come up to the Lord at, to Mitzpah? And, behold, no one had come to the camp of Jabesh-Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were mustered, behold, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead was there. So the congregation sent twelve thousand of the bravest men there and commanded them, Go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead with the edge of the sword, also the women and the little ones. This is what you shall do. Every male and every woman that has lain with a male you shall devote to destruction. And they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead four hundred young virgins who had not known a man by lying with him. And they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Then the whole of the congregation sent word to the people of Benjamin, who were at peace at the rock of Ramoan, and proclaimed peace to them. And Benjamin returned at that time. And they gave them the woman whom they had saved alive of the woman of Jabesh-Gilead, and they were not enough for them. And the people had compassion on Benjamin, because the Lord had made a breach in the tribes of Israel. Then the elders of the congregation said, what shall we do for wives for those who are left, since the women are destroyed out of Benjamin? And they said, There must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin, that the tribe not be blotted out from Israel, yet we cannot give them wives from our daughters. For the people of Israel had sworn, Cursed be he who gives a wife to Benjamin. So they said, Behold, there is this yearly feast of the Lord at Shiloh, which is north of Bethel, on the east of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem and south of Lebanon. And they commanded the people of Benjamin, saying, Go and lie in the ambush in the vineyards, and watch. If the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance in the dances, and come out to the vineyards, and snatch each man's his wife from the daughters of Shiloh, and go to the land of Benjamin, and when their fathers or their brothers come to complain to us, we will say to them, Grant them graciously to us, because we did not take for each man of them his wife in battle, neither did you give them to them, else you would now be guilty. And the people of Benjamin did so, and took their wives according to their number from the dancers whom they carried off. Then they went and returned to their inheritance, and rebuilt the towns and lived in them. And the people of Israel departed from there at that time, every man his tribe and family, and they went out from there every man to his inheritance.
In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Romans chapter 15, verse 22 through chapter 16, verse 16. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints, for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem, for they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in the spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When, therefore, I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Kinnacore, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of all the saints, and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I gave thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epinateus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Juania, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampelateus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachus. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsmen, Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord. Tryphaenia and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. Also, his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Esenicaretus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister and Olympos, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Today, our reading takes us to one of the most ugly, horrendous, and gut-turning scenes in all of Scripture. We find a rape. Not only that, but we find men who are called to be leaders and protectors, giving their wife over to rapist. The point of judges. 
is that it reveals what happens when people do what is right in their own eyes. The rape scene that we read in, Rome, in Judges chapters 19 through 21 is bad enough on its own. But consider also that the people, the tribes of Israel, as they gathered and they were asking God what they should do, they did not ask God help us. They didn't ask God should we go to battle, but they jumped to doing what they thought was right instead asking God who should go first. They presupposed that God would have them go to war with the Benjamites, and they failed the first day and the second day. What happens whenever man does what is right in his own eyes is wickedness. We cannot evaluate what is right and what is wrong by what seems right to us. There is an absolute right and there is an absolute wrong. There is no denying that what is described in Judges 19 through 21 is wrong. It is evil, wicked. It is something that we should be disgusted by, that it takes place in history, but even more, that it takes place today. We cannot do what is right in our own eyes. One of the things that I have struggled with as I look at these types of scenes in the Bible, and you look at commentators, especially historical commentators, is that they seem to justify such horrendous acts, or at least try to put to bed just how awful some of these scenes are. Loved ones, those listening to this podcast, those that are blessed by God and the reading of His Word, know this. There is no justification for human wickedness. There is only the payment due wickedness. That payment is only something that we do not have to face because Christ bore the payment for us. When we think about the, how awful the crucifixion is, or even how awful the spiritual anguish is of Jesus' cry of dereliction, the reality that we must meditate on is not how undeserving Christ was for all of these things, but more importantly, I think, how deserving we are of it. All people, men and women, every single person is created in God's image and therefore worthy of dignity and honor. Notice that the list of people that Paul wrote to that asked for those in the, the church in Rome to give his warm regards to, those mentioned by name at the end in Romans chapter 16, he includes several women among several men. There is no lesser sex. We are both created in the image of God that we might glorify him. There is no explanation that makes what we read today okay. As we consider that, let us also consider that God delivers us from that. This is the community that he is restoring in holiness and bringing unto him, a righteous community that does not pursue what is right in their own eyes, but rather what is right in God's eyes.